global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks lower 13 minutes to go ahead of the close, and this update is brought to you by Brown University School of Professional Studies. Engaging mid-career professionals with executive master's degrees in business, cybersecurity, healthcare, and technology, brown.edu slash executive. Stocks pulling back from records. Crude oil slipping into a bear market on concern. The global supply glut will persist. West Texas intermediate crude down 2.2%, down 97 cents a barrel to 43.23. Gold down 260 the ounce to 12.44, down two tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 8.30 seconds, the yield 2.16%. NASDAQ slumping 50 points now, down 8 tenths of 1%, pulling back from a record. S&P down 16, down 7 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 61, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investment. LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Catherine Cattery. $400 billion is at stake as MSCI's decision on China's A shares draws closer. That's the word from Bloomberg intelligence analyst Eric Belchunas. MSCI plans to announce on June 20th whether it intends to include China A shares in its emerging markets index, which has about $2 trillion benchmarked to it. We're talking about ultimately adding 17% extra China A-share at full inclusion to this index, if you translate that, that is about $300 billion worth of buy orders of institutions that would need A-shares to keep up or track the MSCI Emerging Markets Index. Valtuna says there are two ETFs that will be most affected by MSCI's decision, including one from Deutsche Bank and another, the Crane Shares Becerra MSCI China ETF. We've seen people buying this one for the past couple of weeks taken in $50 million, so people are placing the bets in KBA in terms of which would have the most stocks that would be needed to be bought if inclusion happens. Balchunas says there'd be a lag between the announcement and the actual inclusion in the index. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Bruce Biddle's joining us right now, Chief Investment Strategist at Baird, uh, with uh, a look at what's going on in our markets right now. And Bruce, you know, one of the things that really strikes me about what's happening in the markets, although the S&P 500 has had a terrific run this year, up already 9%. Here we are in, in mid-June. Uh, it's really just a few stocks that have accounted for much of that run. And, and I worry about that, but tell me why I should or shouldn't be worried about it. Well, uh, you shouldn't, shouldn't. There's, there's two schools of thought there. One is typically in almost every bull market, there's a leadership group that takes over. And that's, so that's not unusual for this, this environment. But the fact that it's so narrow, only five or six stocks accounting for 40% of the gains in the S&P 500, that's something you typically see toward the end of a bull market cycle. In other words, the leadership gets more and more narrow. 
as you get closer to the end of the bull run. And so that's the concern um, lately with with such such uh, just a few stocks leading the, the market. But as we spoke two weeks ago when this when the tech stocks began to give up ground, we thought that was a positive development given that um, it looked like the rally was broadening out into other sectors as the tech stocks were giving ground. And I think that gives the bull market additional life longer term. Having said that, if I take a look at the S&P 500 major industry groups from the beginning of the year, you've got Infotech at the top, 18% higher. healthcare's up 14%. Utilities are up 11%. Consumer discretionary up 10%. Materials are up 9%. Uh, consumer staples are up 9%. It is rather broad, no? No, you're you're right about that, and some of that has come just lately. I mean, the, the healthcare index made a new high yesterday, and so did the the industrials and the material sector did a week or so ago. So, you're right about that, and that's the reason why we've remained positive on this market, even though there's so much concern about valuations and we've had a big run already. But as long as market breadth holds up and, and expands. I think the, the market looks like it's going to have a, a pretty decent summer. Uh, interesting, because, you know, obviously we've got the market down, you know, 64 bips today on the S&P. That, that, that ain't nothing. No, I mean, we've had, you know, we haven't had a 5% correction in the market in almost a year or more. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that does concern me some is since we have not had any volatility on the downside, Complacency is really widespread and it's pretty deeply seated. I mean, it's it's out there, so um, that's a concern. Typically, you'd like to see a market that's on edge more often than not. And the the one positive thing that we've seen, or at least I feel, that has come out of um, all the um, discontent, if you will, in Washington D.C. has been that it has kept some people uh, off balance, and I think that's really helped the market also. I, I mean, you'll, you'll read a lot about that giving the market problems, but I believe it really has a support because the market doesn't typically peak or experience a significant correction unless two things happen. One, investor sentiment gets excessively optimistic on the upside, so that's not there yet. And also, if interest rates would begin to rise rapidly, that would be the second event that would cause the market to tumble. But with absent of those two, it looks to me like we're going to continue the way we've been going. Long-term interest rates have remained low here. So if you go and sell your stock, what do you do with the money, number one? And number two, if you sell here aggressively, you have to pay a long-term capital gains tax. That includes a 4% hit for the for the health care pay payment. So I think, you know, that's that's why we haven't seen a whole lot of selling in the last few months, despite all of the rhetoric and all the negative news. It ultimately comes down to, is the economy growing enough for businesses to sell stuff, sell services, um, to keep people employed so they can buy houses and, <laughs> and buy stuff? I mean, that's what it ultimately comes down to, Bruce, Correct. Well, that's that's right, and I think that was emphasized uh, last week when the Federal Reserve Board raised interest rates. Um, that was widely anticipated, but nevertheless, I mean, it raised a lot of eyebrows because the latest economic data has surprised on the downside, number one, and number two, the inflationary numbers the last two months, three months, have been, have been soft, and yet the Federal Reserve Board's raising interest rates, and Janet Yellen, the, the 
the head of the Fed um, justified that by saying she felt that any weakness in the economy right here was transitory and and will likely gain gain momentum again in the second half of the year. And the reason why she suggested they'll continue to raise rates. Um, so, you know, what do you, you – know, of course, it's a double-edged sword, right? It suggests a weaker economy, but it also suggests that rates are going to stay low, which can help. Um, where do you fall down on that, given the economic data we've seen thus far? Well, um, the, the data right now really doesn't support a stronger economy in the second half particularly. But nevertheless, um, uh, if you look at confidence in, in various sectors, including the consumer, small businesses, CEOs, CFOs, confidence has been higher here in this cycle the last few months than we've seen in years, maybe decades. And eventually that's a precursor of growth. Huh. All right. 20 seconds. So what do you suggest to investors? What kind of uh, equity category should they be looking at at this point? Just quickly. I think the two areas that, that kind of strike out to me are healthcare and the industrials. Healthcare and the industrials. All right. Going to leave it there. Hey, Bruce, thank you. Nice to uh, have you here once again. Bruce Biddles, Chief Investment Strategist at Bayer, joining us on the phone from Sarasota, Florida. All right. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Tuesday. Carol Master in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. Corey Johnson in our Bloomberg 960 studio in San Francisco. We'll get those closing numbers on Wall Street for you in just a moment. Stocks near their lows of the session. This is Bloomberg.